0: Hello and welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, where two Southerners come to terms with their liberal snowflake
1: tendencies.
0: We're your hosts. I'm Amanda.
1: And I'm Jason. And we're here with this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. This one's called Buck Fiden, Attorney at Law.
0: Yee doggy. Wee
1: doggy. Um, and I feel like we really need to explain that title before <laughs> before we go anywhere. We,
0: I think so, yeah. We can't
1: really leave the audience hanging on this one because that's such a random title. So the reason we're calling it that is because there's this black truck I've seen driving around. And this truck has a skeleton, like, like a real thing. Plastic skeleton like on the front of it, like it looks like it hit somebody. Uh huh. And they have a plastic skeleton affixed to the front of this black truck. You've seen it driving around before, I think so. Yeah, I think. Well, I saw this truck the other day, except that he had an addition to it, he had added uh, Biden. To the skeleton. So it looks like he's run over oh, Joe Biden. Oh,
0: so he wants people to think that he hit Biden and yeah. now Biden's skeleton is stuck to his truck.
1: Yeah, and he had a sticker on the back of his truck that said, like, fuck Biden, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, that's pretty, that's pretty, pretty, you know, over the top, right? Like, that's very extreme. I remember when Trump was president, lots of people said, Tuck Frump. Yeah. which I thought was clever. You switch the letters and it's very funny. Mm-hmm. And then it dawned on me that if you did it with Biden's name, you end up with Buck Fiden. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a hilarious name by itself. Right? It really is Buck Fiden. You and I both said it sounds like an attorney. Like It just sounds yeah, like an I was attorney's like, name. That
0: sounds like one of those commercials you see for an uh, ambulance chasing attorney who's mm-hmm. Call me. I'm Buck Fiden, yeah, attorney even, at law.
1: I even wrote how his commercial would go in my mind. If Buck oh. Fiden, if Buck Fiden yeah. was an actual attorney, <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like his commercial would go: Howdy, y'all! Have you been hurt falling on the job or in a vehicle accident? I reckon you could let the insurance company handle it, but I ain't sure they got your best interest at heart. Call me Buck Fiden instead, and I'll get you the money you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's hilarious.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: And if we we can't let the Republicans get a hold of that. So if if you're listening to this, don't let any of your Republican friends know how funny Buck Fiden <laughs> is right. as a name. It also sounds almost like a porn star name. It's just it's just a great sounding name.
0: Yeah, Buck Fiden is like a Renaissance man.
1: Yeah, he's like the quarterback for the Texas Longhorns. Buck <laughs> Fiden quarterback. <laughs> You know what I mean?
0: He's a quarterback. He's an attorney. He's a porn star. He can do it all. He's a lounge singer. <laughs> Up next, ladies and gentlemen, Buck
1: Fiden. And I think this is one of the areas where we're lucky is that conservatives don't usually have a great sense of humor. So they don't, they have yet to realize how funny that is. Um, yes. Which thank God, <laughs> thank God, because I realized that it's hilarious. Well, speaking of bucking, um, what else <laughs> bucks?
0: Um, Bronco?
1: Bronco, yeah, which is a, a horse. Right um a horse a bucks and something recently happened uh with horses uh in the news um by the time this episode comes out it may be ancient history or for all i know we'll still be talking about it but at the time we're recording this it was pretty recent that um some horses and some cowboys mounted on horses <laughs> um whipped some haitians um who were under a bridge on our border on our on our border in yeah. the United States
0: like W T F
1: Yeah I mean I saw pictures of what appeared to be cowboys whipping Haitians uh like in a river Yeah um in near Mexico which is really really nuts and obviously there's been all this bad press about it everyone's kind of like horrified because it just looks it just yeah. looks terrible
0: Yeah well I mean 10,000 Haitians showed up on the US Mexico mm-hmm. border In this tiny little town um, in Texas. Uh Uh-huh. And the border patrol shows up on horseback. And just like whips them. Starts cussing and whipping them. Yeah. And news journalists are there documenting. And of course, it comes out to the rest of the world
1: and it looks (laughs) so horrible. It looks like something that happened in like 1840.
0: Honestly, yes. It looks like a colorized... 1850s uh-huh. photograph.
1: Yeah, it really does. Like, I was like, "Is that now?" Because that looks like the 1800s. Like, aside from the fact that the the cops are wearing like modern clothing, modern like tactical gear. Yeah, you would mistake it for being the 1800s. Like, it's yes. weird.
0: What an embarrassment!
1: It was an embarrassment, and I immediately, this is just me, went and to Joe Biden and said, "Like, well, he's the president, so like." I kind of blame Joe Biden for this.
0: Yeah, because if this had happened under Trump, you know, sure as shit, we'd be blaming Trump. I for definitely
1: it. would have been blaming Trump if this happened when he was president. So, uh, turnabout is fair play, I guess. Right? Whoever
0: like, is in charge when something like that goes down, they're the ones responsible.
1: Yeah, which I find very interesting because they they came out and said some things about it. So, the press secretary, you know, that uh, Jen Saki is her name. P- yes. S-A-K-I, Saki, I don't know how you say it. She said, we have taken very specific actions as it relates to the horrific photos that we're not going to stand for in this administration. And then it came out that they f- suspended horseback patrols in <laughs> no, that area. we're border
0: patrol on horses. Doesn't look
1: good. In that area, which I found to be like really patronizing and like completely missing the whole point. Yeah, the, It's as if the horses were what made the racism happen.
0: <laughs> yes. the, had they been... It's like it's like the Roseanne yes. Ambien argument mm-hmm. of the pill making her racist. Yeah, except in this case, it would be the horses somehow yeah. made this racist.
1: Yes, I mean that's essentially the message we're getting from the White House is that the the horses were the problem here.
0: Yeah, so and that's
1: where the racism came right.
0: from. Right. So as long as they're not on horseback,
1: it's not racist. The
0: optics are less.
1: racist seeming that seems to be the stance the white house has taken which suffice to say that bothers me a little bit i don't like that at all
0: it is bothersome but also i kind of can't help but wonder what would trump have said
1: Well, that was what I was going to say is like it would have been infinitely worse under Trump. In fact, Biden himself had something to say. He said, I take responsibility. It was horrible to see, to see people treated like they did with horses nearly running them over, people being strapped. It's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will be investigated. There will be consequences.
0: Well, I have to give him credit there for acknowledging what he saw
1: and it's saying the first thing he said i take responsibility yeah
0: a he took responsibility oh. and b he acknowledged what was in those those photos and videos i know he didn't just say like oh it looked really bad or i know he actually said they were this. whipping. they you know
1: it was outrageous yes i think the words i take responsibility was probably the biggest relief I've ever had, like the biggest sigh of relief I've had in a long time. Yeah, it was refreshing. To hear a president say those words, because those words would never come out of Donald Trump's mouth for any reason. No. Unless it was for something that he thought was great, right. obviously. I take responsibility for building the World Trade Center or whatever, <laughs> kind of dumb shit he would say. Yeah. <laughs> but um, this, to me, was just very refreshing. It was, it was I blame Biden for this and he blamed himself, which I think is good. This shouldn't have happened.
0: No it absolutely should not have happened
1: and he's also deported a shitload of people and that's all coming out in the press now too like Biden's deportation record not looking great so he's deported more of them than Trump did mm-hmm. so to me that's the real issue yeah. but it's getting being covered up by the racist horses right in this case right and I'm upset. At Biden because this happened on his watch. And yeah, he came out and took responsibility for it, which I think is good. And he's definitely better than Trump a million times over. But I'm thoroughly disappointed because I thought he was going to change more than he has. I thought he was going to be more... He seemed like he was leaning more liberal towards the end of running when he had to get the super libs to vote for him. But he hasn't really governed that way.
0: No. It's been kind of
1: disappointing.
0: And this isn't the only time... In which optics have not gone in his favor with the ending of the Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever you want to call it, war.
1: Yeah, the the end of the Afghan war when the bombs went off at the airport. If you remember about that, he said, I promise you we'll make those people pay, Mm -hmm. Um, which is a quote I just read about these people on horseback. So now what I'm saying is Biden's new thing is... I acknowledge all you people who are outraged about this, and we're going to make people pay. Mm -hmm. This is what he keeps saying, but that's not what we wanted from you, Biden. We wanted change. We wanted things to be better. We didn't want you to come in and promise to punish people who did shit we don't like. We had that guy. That was Trump.
0: We had a guy who made a lot of promises.
1: And I've been very disappointed. There's just no real heroes on the left anymore. Um, at least for me. Right. The, the, even the ones that I really like, we'll take AOC, for example, showed up to the Met Gala in a dress that said, tax the rich, mm-hmm. which I kind of support. That's kind of awesome. I like the idea of a dress sure, that says like tax the, the rich. Right. But I thought about this. Um, Scott Galloway from the Pivot podcast brought this up, and I really have to say he's right about this. If Marjorie Taylor Greene had worn a dress that said, where we go one, we go all, or I don't co-parent with the government and was anti-mask, would you not find that obnoxious?
0: Incredibly so, yeah.
1: Yeah, so when when Marjorie Taylor Greene does it, it would be obnoxious, but when AOC does it, it's not because I'm a liberal.
0: Right, you agree with the message.
1: Yeah, I don't like that logic, and it makes me feel like it's probably obnoxious either way.
0: Well, then there's also the point that AOC is basically... I mean, as awesome as she is.
1: She has no real power. She's nobody. Yeah, she doesn't have she's not like the president. No. That's what I mean. We don't have anybody with any power that's a hero on the left. And the one people, the people we do have that are heroes on the left that have some kind of power, like Bernie and Elizabeth Warren,
0: Chuck Schumer.
1: And Chuck, they're they're not my favorite lefties. Like no. they're cool, but they're not my favorite. <laughs>
0: yeah. And
1: so, and they're all old if you haven't Notice that too.
0: Yeah, I what mean, what is with that? I do put Elizabeth Warren though a little bit above the others because I. Well, yeah, I, I, I fan girl out for her.
1: I actually do too. I wanted her to win. She I did. was my favorite candidate. Yeah, yeah, but you know that doesn't say much because this country never goes with the people that I like. Um, if it did, I don't know. I think the world would be better. But <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: this is where we find ourselves.
0: Well, despite some of the negative optics in biden's orbit
1: yeah there's some yeah
0: he's been pretty busy as a president has in terms of getting things done well
1: i haven't seen him golf like at all so how's he he getting anything done yeah
0: (laughs) good question because the
1: last president led me believe that's how you do things
0: that's how you get business accomplished Mm -hmm. just through swatting balls on grass yeah with other rich people with other rich people and you make them lose to you yeah Biden really hadn't been doing that. Instead, (laughs) he's actually been overturning a whole bunch of Trump policies. Yeah, well, good. And making his own new executive orders, Mm -hmm. some of which include he extended the U.S.-Russian nuclear deal through 2026.
1: Uh, That's good.
0: That's good. That keeps Russia from blowing us up, basically, with nuclear. Yeah. Well, it makes them agreed that they won't.
1: Yeah, I don't think they really have an interest in doing that.
0: Well, whatever. He extended that. He eliminated student debt, totaling $1.3 billion for 41,000 Americans with disabilities. Hell yeah. He needs to keep going with that and mm-hmm. extend that uh, forgiveness for other yeah, folks. Yeah, what about
1: people that don't have disabilities but still got screwed?
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of those out there. Uh, yeah. He, well, hopefully he'll get there. Uh-huh. He rejoined the Paris Climate Accord. That's
1: that's actually very good. Let's acknowledge really...
0: that global warming and climate change is real. I'm
1: glad he did that. That's sort of like a... All these are just repairing things Trump fucked up.
0: A bunch. He revoked the Keystone XL Pipeline Permit.
1: Yeah, again, that's... More
0: climate change. Yeah. He disbanded the 1776 Commission, which was a Trump program aimed at teaching a more conservative history in U.S. schools. Yeah,
1: it was like the anti-critical race theory. Yeah, the
0: opposite of CRT. Yeah. Yeah. He strengthened protections for the Dreamers, DACA. Well, yeah. Which was a big deal because Trump was just going to like... Yeah. ...deport all of them. Uh Uh-huh. He halted the national emergency declared by Trump in constructing the border wall. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, big, beautiful wall. Yeah. He abolished the Muslim ban. Yeah. I forgot that was even a thing. But oh, that Trump, was definitely yeah, a thing. Yeah, Trump did that. Mm-hmm. He wrote executive orders targeting big tech in reducing monopolization and protecting consumers. He also appointed vocal critics of big tech to key positions like the FTC and the FCC.
1: Yeah, that would be Lena Khan and um, Tim Wu. Both of whom were outspoken critics oh, of yeah. big tech and have now been appointed to very high positions.
0: Where they oversee big tech. Mm-hmm. He reinvested in cybersecurity after it was basically defunded by Trump. And we got all those hacks allegedly yeah, that, by Russia.
1: Oh, that That's a whole other can of worms. But let's just say that's not going to stop happening no matter what he invests in it.
0: He restored collective bargaining power for unions to protect workers, revoking limits put in place by Trump. And he, in the process, ousted 10 of Trump's labor relation board members because they were vocal union busters. And he also fired Trump's NSA attorney. Wow. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: And he canceled Trump's move to withdraw from the World Health Organization.
1: Yeah, that was... What the fuck was he thinking? (laughs) Somebody's like, you know what? I hate health.
0: Yeah, ugh. Health, no thank you. <laughs> no
1: thank you. God.
0: He also picked Jamie Harrison to lead the DNC. Remember, Jamie yes, ran against did. Lindsey Graham in mm-hmm. South Carolina.
1: He did very well against Lindsey yeah, Graham in so South Carolina.
0: That, I feel like that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And he ordered all federal contractors to pay their workers a $15 an hour minimum wage. Let's acknowledge that as well.
1: Yeah, Um. that's a lot. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a start. It's a start. It's a start. Mm -hmm. we got to start somewhere, okay? Yeah. And he's been steering intelligence agencies to focus on domestic terrorism. Yeah. Let's acknowledge that today, most of our terrorist attacks are coming from
1: us. From here. Homegrown. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he has been deploying federal assistance to help with the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Here in North Carolina, he has sent 50 additional ambulances and 100 additional nurses and doctors to help around hospitals in the state that are being overrun with COVID cases. He
1: had a really uh, huge stimulus package that we did an episode on Um, It's called Biden's Massive Package.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: And we did an entire episode on how massive his package
0: is. (laughs) Huge. It's huge. And he's been staffing a commission to look at reforming the Supreme Court.
1: Yeah. Especially
0: after the rushing in of that uh, Amy. Amy Comey Barrett. Yeah. 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 Like what? WTF
1: with that, y'all? Well, see, they're talking about possibly adding more um, judges to try to balance it out. I I have no idea about the ins and outs of how that would work, so I can't really – I don't well, have an opinion.
0: Yeah, and also I think it's to just – it's to look at, like, what the power – the power that the Supreme Court has and any biases that they may or may not allegedly hold.
1: Yeah, so this is super arcane and, like, way in the depths of uh, policy and procedure that I can't – even vocalize an opinion on because I don't understand it.
0: Our eyes would roll back in our heads if we even tried to read it, I'm sure.
1: I know. And what's (laughs) crazy is you're going to hear all these people having opinions about it and saying what the Supreme Court should or should not be as if they understand it, but they don't.
0: He also reopened enrollment early for Obamacare due to the pandemic. uh And over 1 million Americans signed up. Yeah. And thanks to additional funding, most participants, including me, Saw a significant drop in our premiums. That is true. Like, my my insurance went down, I think, like, $70, $75 a month. Nice. Something like that. Hell yeah. Thanks, Biden.
1: Or thanks, Obama, I thanks guess. Thanks,
0: Obama. Oh, Biden.
1: <laughs> oh, Biden.
0: <laughs> thanks, thanks, Buck. Yeah. Um, he also protected $1 million unionized workers that were set to lose their pensions. Yeah. They will now receive 100% of their retirement for at least the next 30 years. And he put money in our pockets. Yeah. Each of us got $1,400. Yeah. And he also expanded the child tax credit, which includes monthly advance payments from July of this year to December in the range of $250 to $300 a month, depending on the age of the child and how much income the family earns.
1: I would do it the opposite. I would give you tax breaks for not having kids. That's just me. That's the platform I would run on.
0: That's just you, though. It's only me. Yeah.
1: But um, that's because I would be getting money in that case.
0: Well, but we acknowledge that people with children, kids are expensive. Like, yeah,
1: no, they're totally expensive, and they and especially single moms and things need way more than they than they yeah. get. Yeah. How world. are you going to
0: get the economy going again, quote unquote, yeah. during this pandemic if people can't afford childcare yeah. or
1: food? Like, but I'm saying, like, they give tax benefits to being green, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: what's more green than not reproducing?
0: I agree. Why? Why can't both sides get tax?
1: That's breaks? what I'm saying. <laughs> both sides need to get tax credits. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, and then lastly most recent would be biden basically coming out and just being like you have to get vaccinated i don't give a <laughs> yeah, shit sure who yeah. you are that was pretty great that was an epic speech i it was it was great uh-huh. i was like oh my god he's like a wrestler coming out he's like we're, we're coming for you, for you your brother
1: yeah yeah <laughs> we're coming for you we're gonna vaccine you brother yeah yeah he has been very like he's cutting wwe promos about the vaccine yeah which is pretty hilarious.
0: It's, it's funny and it's also like, yeah, <laughs> get your shot.
1: Yeah. Well, during that l- list of things that Biden has done, and a lot of it is great, and a lot of it costs money. Mm-hmm. Um, the question of where that money has come from um, has become a question. And the answer is from the feds where they've been basically printing money. And um, th- they haven't printed as much as they did during Trump, but the Republicans don't seem to care about that. And what do you know? The deficit and the debt ceiling is coming back up and they're arguing about it. And now there's this huge controversy over whether or not they're going to raise the debt ceiling or we're going to default on our loans or whatever kind of crazy lies the conservatives are going to make up about what's going to happen. And I totally called this probably several times in past episodes of our podcast where I said when Trump was in office, no one cared. No one said anything. You never heard anything about the deficit. I said it a bunch of times while Trump was in office. And I said, you just wait till the next president that's a Democrat and they will not shut the hell up about the deficit. And here we are.
0: You did say that.
1: Yeah, I called that years ago. I've called it. I, you I called saw it, it in one of
0: mi- our episodes. I know.
1: I've called it a bunch of times. I saw it coming a mile away because this is what they do. They only complain about money when... Democrats are in power. It's very funny. It's also like so predictable that it's it's stupid. And they're doing it again, and they're wrong again, because there's been a new uh, sort of economic theory that's taking hold, especially a little bit on the left, that um, gets me to talk about a guy who I've been wanting to talk about on the show for a while. A guy by the name of John Maynard Keynes, who's was born in 1883, died in 1946. Um, he was a British economist and a mathematician. And he wrote a book called The General Theory of Employment, Interest, and Money. That was his biggest, most important book. And he basically argued what a lot of liberals think now, and that is that the government needs to regulate industry pretty heavily and have fiscal policy and even do things like Subsidies and bailouts to keep the economy going, because if you let the market just sort of run free, the uh, Milton Friedman idea Mm -hmm. of just a free market, Uh what he argues will happen is that unemployment will steadily go up and wages will steadily go down, and you can't offset that because of the way demand works. It's kind of a complicated mathematical explanation for why he believed this, but suffice it to say, it's true. (laughs) He's right about it. It's, It's demonstrated in math. But it's too complicated to explain here. But if you can certainly look it up. Um, Keynesian economics is the name of it. And what he said is that like we can just make money. If we have the political will to do something, we can do it. Money isn't actually really a factor in anything. And a lot of liberals are starting to turn to that and be like, I think he might have been right about that. Like I think um, this whole argument that we can't afford something as a country is just an excuse because we don't have the will to do it. Mm. Um which is kind of what Trump was trying to say about the wall. It's just he was too stupid to know how to say it right.
0: <laughs> don't give him credit for um, anything.
1: So, basically, Keynes' ideas were kind of in the background that he wasn't that popular as an economist until around 008 when the economic crisis hit and people started looking into this guy and being like, I don't know. He seems like he could have predicted this and would have maybe been able to prevent it. Um, and one of his most famous quotes, and I really love this, he said... Let us not submit to the vile doctrine of the 19th century that every enterprise must justify itself in pounds, shilling, pence of cash income. Why should we not add in every substantial city the dignity of an ancient university or a European capital, an ample theater, a concert hall, a dance hall, a gallery, cafes, and so forth? Assuredly, we can afford this and so much more. Anything we actually can do, we can afford. We are immeasurably richer than our predecessors. Is it not evident that some kind of sophistry, some fallacy governs our collective action as if we are forced to be so much meaner than they are in the embellishments of life? Hmm. And uh, if that's a little high flown speaking, obviously this was, you know, the early 1900s, but basically what he's saying there is that why did ancient Roman cities and ancient European cities look so much more lavish and beautiful and have so much more better things in them, libraries and amphitheaters, and our cities look like complete shit? Even though we have way more than they ever did. And the reason is because we're being lied to about the way things are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. The reason is because they say we can't afford these things, but that's a lie. We can afford them. We just don't have the will to do them.
0: Well, it's more about how we're being steered Mm -hmm. by those at the
1: top. And John Maynard Keynes was trying to point this out a long time ago Mm -hmm. and was very right about these things. And he was coming at this all from a mathematical point of view. So in um, 1999, John Maynard Keynes was on the cover of Time magazine, and uh, it stated that his radical ideas that governments should spend money they don't have may have saved capitalism. Oh. That was the headline for him in Time magazine. So mm. he is a very important dude. I've been wanting to talk about him on the show, and he really gives you an idea of like a lot of where lefty policy, fiscal policy is coming from. Um, It's very interesting. He's a very, very cool guy and he was way smarter than me or <laughs> you or probably anybody else but he he seemed to understand that there was that that money was only like an excuse for the conservatives to use not to do things and that seems to be where we're at
0: well and also we have generations of People who believe and buy into the whole meritocracy, mm-hmm. you know, you you get what you mm-hmm. earn kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and if we let the f- markets just go, everyone will get treated fairly and no one will abuse the system. And that's just so not true. Like, it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you have to have guide rails. You have to have rules or else people cheat. That's human nature. And um, I think he was trying to say this for a long time and no one would want to listen to him. But now he's getting some traction. So if you want to okay. learn more, you should look up John Maynard Keynes. So there's no real good way to segue into this, so I'm just going to do it abruptly. Um, the Texas abortion law that just recently got passed is a tragedy. It is a disaster. It's trying to take us back to the 1800s. That's kind of a theme in this episode. Um, it's it's so gross that I had to go online to look up, like, I need the specifics of how bad this really is, and it's really bad. So I looked this up, and because I'm not a... Female, so it's hard for me to know the truth on <laughs> on exactly the science of this. But from everything I looked up, according to the New York Times, um, so don't quote me, quote them. Um, you only have about two weeks to know you're pregnant before, according to this law, before you would uh, be past your date. So they say six weeks, um, and according to the New York Times, a woman won't know she's off a period until four weeks. So that gives you two to make your decision, which is a crazy short amount of time to make a decision, like whether or not you want to have an abortion.
0: It's a short amount of time. And it's also assuming that the female knows her cycle. Yes. Has a regular cycle. Exactly. And has the um, wherewithal to do something about it.
1: Exactly, which is not usually or always the case. No. And, um, uh, they said about 70% of the abortions in Texas in 2019 were provided to women of color. So it's certainly a problem with people of color and people in uh, poor communities. Um, yes.
0: And also, there's no exception for cases of rape or incest. That's
1: so crazy.
0: Which it, Or age. So a 14-year-old yeah. girl raped by somebody would have to, if she didn't have an abortion within the first six weeks, would have to give birth.
1: What's the weirdest thing? Yeah, that's terrible, by the way. That's Mm -hmm. awful. I can't even imagine. No. And the way this law is supposed to be enforced is by people. So the law enforcement doesn't even have the ability to enforce this law. This law has to be done by private citizens suing in court.
0: Yeah, so what they did was, by design, they removed any names or officials from the bill so that the clinics or physicians providing the services could not sue the state or, or the government because there was no name attached. Instead, the reverse is true. Ordinary citizens, even you and me, you don't yes. even have to live in Texas. You don't even
1: have to live in Texas. Can file
0: a lawsuit mm-hmm. against physicians or clinics where abortions are performed.
1: And apparently, if your lawsuit is successful, the government gives you $10,000. Yep. As like a bounty.
0: And and it's designed this way so that it burdens and inundates clinics and physicians to the point that they stop offering the services. Because if you've ever been sued, yes. which thankfully we haven't, don't ever sue us. Yeah. Um. It's a real pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a complete nutty lawsuit, you still have to lawyer up. You still have to go to court. You still have to address whatever's being brought, even if it's bogus bullshit.
1: So essentially, this lawsuit is or this this law is set up to create lawsuits to discourage abortions from happening and waste a lot of money and essentially just oppress women is what I'm gathering.
0: It's a war on women. For yeah, sure.
1: and it's, it's just a blatant power play at women. And I find it disgusting, like it's terrible. And what's crazy is the governor of the state of Texas, Greg Abbott, just got put on blast by Donald Trump. Because basically Abbott won't vote for them to do a recount of the election in Texas. Where what? Trump won by 5%. What? So Trump won by 5% and Abbott won and... They don't he doesn't want to do a recount of his of his state and Trump says that's not trumpy enough you need to want to do a recount in the state you and I both won and because you don't want to do that I'm putting you on blast as not being conservative enough
0: what a loser So that's
1: that's that's the state where this is taking place in too it's just a disaster
0: I mean can we not agree that Texas is pretty fucked It's
1: a disa- it's like Florida too
0: Yeah yeah I feel like at least Florida embraces how fucked up it is They're like yeah <laughs> We got problems. Yeah, but Texas, I think they're still a little bit in denial about it. They're like, "You were nothing wrong with us. We're fine." <laughs> they just
1: get by thinking they're better than Oklahoma, and that gets them through.
0: Ooh, <laughs> that's a burn.
1: I know. Apparently, over there, that's like a that's like that was a thing. I just that's an
0: insult. Yeah. Well, when it comes to Texas and this abortion law, it might be that the only way out or the only fix and solution is going to come from Satan. <laughs> from Satan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the satanic temple.
1: Oh yeah, that Satanist. is that, that's the trolley satanists. Yes. Oh, I love them.
0: They have taken on Texas on Good. this abortion law. They're invoking the Religious Freedom Restoration Act mm-hmm. or RFRA to demand exemption from abortion restrictions on religious grounds. Now, the RFRA is a bill that was passed by Congress in 1993 to allow Native Americans to use peyote in Mm -hmm. ceremonies because peyote is illegal. Yeah. But Natives were like, it's part of our religion. It's part of our customs. So it's
1: a religious exemption.
0: Yeah. So, oh, and by the way, Texas has more Satanists than any other state in the country.
1: Awesome.
0: <laughs> just, just BT dubs on That's that one.
1: That's great. Satan is alive and well in Texas.
0: Yes. So the Satanic Temple's seven tenets include the belief that one's body is inviolable subject to one's own will alone. They believe in body autonomy. Right. The state restrictions on abortion access is considered a burden on this religious belief. Huh. And the Satanic temple has deemed abortion to be a religious ritual. Oh. So now it's a ritual. Okay. And the ritual goes like this. A pregnant woman who's a Satanist Satanist, affirms her own autonomy, then obtains an abortion, and then concludes the ritual.
1: Yeah. That's the ritual.
0: That's the ritual. And since abortion is part of this ritual... Any interference by the government is an infringement upon religious freedom.
1: Which they, they love their religious freedom in Texas.
0: Oh, yeah. They say it would be like the feds kicking down the doors during a Christian baptism or a communion.
1: Or a Jewish bris.
0: Yeah. They're like, you wouldn't do that for any other religious right. ceremony or ritual. Why would, are you going to do it for hours?
1: Yeah. Try to save that baby's foreskin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the temple is suing Texas Mm -hmm. and has petitioned the FDA for continued access to abortion pills since Texas is set to pass a bill in December, (laughs) banning those as well. Right now, if you live in Texas and you need an abortion. Just say you're a Satanist. Well, they have this is still in it's in court. Okay. well, eventually you, you your options are pretty limited. You either have to go outside of state yeah. or you can, there's a network where you can go online and get pills. Uh-huh. Basically, it's an overseas kind of thing uh-huh. where a physician in India writes you a prescription and this like kind of underground railroad huh. of, wow. of pro-choice people, a lot of lady doctors are involved, um, will help you get an abortion wow. pill that you, I mean, that's sent to your home. And well,
1: hopefully the Satan will still make it less complicated.
0: Hopefully, and, you know, hail Satan. There's never
1: been a better time to, <laughs> to be a Satanist, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it seems there's two types of Satanists. There's like the ones who take it seriously and think that it's like their religion, and then the ones who use it to troll. I like the second group a lot Well, better.
0: this group, yeah, this group is... Far more into um, stirring the pot mm-hmm, and, and activism. Yeah, they, they're they're Satanists, but they're not like. I mean, they're not worshiping Satan. Quote. They're, they're quote. secular
1: humanists who use Satanism to troll. I get it.
0: Yes, and they and they do have uh, religious um, exemption. Like the IRS recognizes the <laughs> Satanic Temple as a religious That's, organization. It's very funny. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Well. As crazy as that abortion law is, I'm going to tell you uh, something a little crazier from from our ancient history. It's a bit that we've been trying out and that I really like. Uh, a bit called Get to Know an Emperor. Do, 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 do. And <laughs> in this uh, week's episode of Get to Know an Emperor, we're going to get to know uh, Nero. Emperor Nero. You may have heard the name Nero. Yes. His actual official title was Nero, Claudius, Caesar, Augustus, Germanicus. My goodness. Yeah, uh, they get they got long titles. He was the fifth emperor of Rome, so he was only the fifth one. They hadn't had that many emperors by the time he was emperor. Um, he was adopted by the Roman emperor Claudius when he was 13 years old. As we talked in the last time about Hadrian, it was a thing with the Romans to like adopt older men. That was just like a thing.
0: Mm, yeah, because sometimes they... Didn't live, their infants exactly. didn't live long enough. That's
1: what, it, that was the reason. So like a lot of kids died at young ages. So it became kind of common to adopt fully grown adults.
0: I mean, if you adopt them when they're older, you can kind of gauge if they're shitbirds. birds. Yeah.
1: I think that was part of it too. Yeah. And for someone who's an emperor and needs a son, like it was a good way like adopt an older one so you can tell kind of how they're going to be. Mm-hmm. So he was adopted when he was 13 by the Emperor Claudius. Um, Claudius died when um, Nero was 16, about to turn 17, and Nero became the emperor. Now, the way he got to be adopted by Claudius in the first place was because his mother, whose name was Agrippa... And she was a very important person. Agri- Agrippa, or Agrippa, however you want to say it. Agrippa was like she, her husband that she had had Nero with. He died when Nero was two. And so she worked her way up and managed to marry Claudius. And that's how she mm-hmm. got him to adopt her kid, which is really interesting. So she was a uh, very savvy on her own. Um, when Nero did take office, he was a very poetic guy. He liked to perform. He liked poetry. He liked athletics and sport so he built a lot of amphitheaters and built a lot of coliseums and political events and so all the lower class romans really liked him for that because he like was providing entertainment for people but the way he paid for it was, was with taxes he raised taxes a lot and so the higher up romans did not like him at all
0: so he was a socialist
1: he was he was a populist.
0: Oh. Mm-hmm. He was
1: essentially a populist. So he was like, I'll raise, I'll do whatever I can to get the people to like me. That was his whole thing. Right. And he was like a born performer. Like he just loved doing poems and stuff. And at that time, p- uh, performers, actors were looked down on and considered to be like basically prostitutes uh, because you're selling yourself. It was considered to be the same thing um actually prostitutes were more looked up to than actors actors were below prostitute
0: well prostitution was a business
1: yeah and actors you were actually selling yourself whereas prostitutes were only selling a portion of themselves so to romans acting was like the worst thing you could be and he did it all the time and so a lot of the higher class roman people looked down on him and thought he was like trash because he would like like star in plays and stuff on his own and write plays which is really weird, right? Like
0: Yeah.
1: It's like how things have changed. We had an actor for president Ronald Reagan. He was a shitbird but for other reasons.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um so what's really interesting is like what you do know about Nero, I assume if you know anything is that the rumor that he played the fiddle while Rome burned. Yes. Um that that's interesting. So most Roman sources offer overwhelmingly negative assessments of the personality and reign of Nero. Uh, the contemporary historian Tacitus claims that the Roman people thought him of as compulsive and corrupt. Suetonius says that Romans believed the great fire of Rome was instigated by Nero as a way to clear land for his planned complex. So he was. they were saying like he not only played the fiddle while it burned, but he planned it out in order to build a temple. But what's really interesting is that what actually happened is that Nero was performing a play while when the fire happened in Rome, and he opened his palaces to help people and sent out the the praetor and guard his guards to go rescue people and to help people. He actually wasn't playing the fiddle at all. The fiddle wasn't invented for another thousand years. He actually did a lot to help people when the fire happened. But the reason that we got this propaganda was because <laughs> of what would next happen with Nero in his life. So. The next thing that happened with him is that he starts to get in a fight with his mom. So, his mom, Agrippa, the lady from before who was politically savvy, she decided to side with some of the senators who were very mad at Nero for raising taxes and joined a rebellion against Nero. Like, we're, we're, we're carding a new political party against you. And Nero had her killed, his own mother. Oh, he had his mother, uh, Whoa. killed. Yeah. And that, didn't go over well people don't like it when you <laughs> commit matricide um
0: yeah also I feel like you're just if you do that you're bringing
1: bad mm-hmm. things onto yourself exactly and so that's kind of what happened is after that his reputation started going downhill and then the Senate declared him an enemy of the people and put like a bounty on him and he tried to run away but the guards were coming and knew and he knew his time was up and he said his famous uh saying is very Famous thing that he said, qualis Artifex perero, which means what an artist dies in me, was one of the last things he said. It was a pretty famous quote. You probably heard that before. Mm-hmm. And then he, he, he quote unquote killed himself. He made somebody else do it, apparently. He was too scared.
0: What a pussy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, um, and that's how he ends up dying in the end of Nero. So he started off kind of great and people loved him and it took a turn when he raised taxes too much kind of a w story no new no, taxes and uh took a turn and then he killed his mom and it just really went downhill from there you can't can't kill your mom i just feel like that's just bringing bad bad things on you
0: yeah it sounds like somebody who's you said he wanted to be liked mhm so he overindulged in that oh yeah and then he got kind of greedy mm mm-hmm. mhm and sounds like he just wanted more for himself
1: yeah and he broke with all the all the politically high savvy people that were mm-hmm. scheming and plotting and trying to run things all the senators he wouldn't listen to them or his mom after a while he became really autonomous
0: right and that's not necessarily a good thing right um because Although you'd, you kind of want a little bit of rebellion, yeah. you don't want a full on rebellion uh-huh. because those are the people and the side of things that can help you get things done. Yeah. And also, it sounds like his mom was a pretty smart lady. Mm-hmm. And so if she's over here saying, okay, you've gone too far, uh-huh. maybe you should have listened to her instead a of murdering her. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Well, This, I found, is a really good just typifying thing about him, and it might remind you of a world leader we have now, and I'm just curious if you will feel this way. So in 67 AD, Nero participated in the Olympics. He had bribed organizers to postpone the games for a year so that he could participate, and he added artistic competitions to the athletic events. Nero won every contest in which he was a competitor.
0: Of course he did. During
1: the games, Nero sang and played his lyre on stage, acted in tragedies, and raced chariots. He won a 10-horse chariot race despite being thrown from the chariot and leaving the race. He was crowned on the basis that he would have won had he completed the race. After he died a year later, his name was removed from the list of winners. So, who does that sound like?
0: That sounds like Putin.
1: Yeah, or yes, it sounds like Putin playing hockey with the professional Russian hockey players and scoring more goals than anybody ever and winning a trophy.
0: Didn't <laughs> he won like a few trophies? Yeah. They, had, they made extras.
1: Yes. So basically, he did that thing where he-
0: Riding his horse shirtless.
1: <laughs> it's like if Biden demanded to be on Dancing with the Stars and everybody had to let him win.
0: Yes, even the perfect, <laughs> best dancers in the whole world uh-huh. were just losing.
1: Yeah. That's a, He pulled that move, which is a very Putin-esque or Kim Jong-un Ugh, so gross. kind of move. Yeah.
0: That just like oozes narcissism. It tells you
1: who he was. Yes. Um, but he wasn't the guy who burned down Rome, which is really funny. So he was a bad dude for that reason, but that's not as good of a story. The story of him playing the fiddle while Rome burned seemed to be the thing that stuck.
0: Because while well, that paints a picture of someone who's very dismissive, out of touch... Yeah, and in their own world, mm-hmm. and so I would imagine that the imagery of him playing the fiddle or the flute, whatever, while mm-hmm. Rome's burning, is like more symbolic of him as a leader and less about what he was actually doing.
1: Exactly, it's a metaphor. Yeah, but it's it, but we 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 got it down in history as almost as though it were literal, even though it wasn't.
0: Well, that's also understandable.
1: What's interesting is his name. Um, Caesar Augustus Germanicus, uh, interestingly, the Augustus line of the the emperors would later be taken back up by a guy named Flavius. And he was part of the reason why we got all this bad propaganda about Nero because he didn't want the Augustus line of Caesar's looking bad.
0: To be associated. (laughs) So
1: when Flavius became emperor, he basically put all these people up to writing all this bad stuff about Nero to like sort of cover up the fact that the Augustus line had had that guy in there, like mm-hmm. it was a way to disassociate that line from him, mm-hmm. which yeah. is pretty smart if you think about it.
0: Well, yeah, he had to he had to set a, a future.
1: Mm-hmm. So this two thousand year old propaganda still works today, which I find very interesting. Mm. There's a lot interesting with the Nero story. It doesn't exactly mimic anybody today, but it mimics a lot of what's going on today.
0: Sounds a lot like Putin to me.
1: Yeah, it's it's very Putin-esque. And it's certainly this idea of like, if you're populist and you get all the lower class people to love you, then all the upper class people are going to hate you and vice versa. Uh, Trump tried to, you know, unite both, and it didn't work. He just got the worst of both sides.
0: Didn't pan out, and then some of the the lower folks found their way into office. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're making fools of themselves.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel like it's it's it is illustrative, in a way, of modern times, more than you would think from somebody from so long ago. It's pretty interesting how it works out that all the crazy things from the ancient world line up so... Sort of simultaneously with the things that are happening in the modern world, I feel like it's probably just going to keep cycling in <laughs> the well, world. It's part crazy. of the reason
0: why the saying history repeats itself mm-hmm. exists.
1: Yeah, and if you want to repeat some awesome history, you can find that history on our website,
0: Carolinasnowflakes.com.
1: It would be, yeah, episodes of our history awesome history and you can discuss it with other historians of our awesome history on our Facebook page
0: facebook.com forward slash Carolina Snowflakes
1: and one day I'm going to run for emperor and I'm looking at prospective backers so if you could send me an email if you'd like to back me for emperor I would appreciate that
0: Carolina Snowflakes at gmail.com
1: gmail.com
0: thanks for listening bye